0: Hey there, my fabulous educators. It's your resilient girl, Sherelle G. Coleman. And welcome back to another episode of Teacher Talk, the ultimate self-care podcast for educators. Today, we'll be diving deep into the world of resilience, sharing stories, laughter, and practical tips to empower you on your journey. So grab a cup of coffee or your tea or even a glass of water and get comfortable, and let's talk resilience. Let's talk about it. Today, we have an amazing guest here. We have Sylvia. Sylvia, can you tell us a little bit about your journey as an educator? Hi,
1: dear. Uh, My name is Sylvia. I'm a math teacher in Holyoke Public Schools, in middle school. This year, I was the math teacher of seventh and eighth grade. But my journey as an educator started more than 15 years ago in Spain. I'm a telecommunications engineer, but after some years of working in different international companies in Germany and in Spain, I decided to make a turn in my life and being a teacher. So I started as a teacher in a university. I was in computer science university during two or three years, and then I jumped into high school. And I have been teaching computer science in Spain for 15 years. Uh, four years ago, I came to the United States, to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I was teaching math in high school. And it was a very good experience. I came with my family. And this year, I came again to Massachusetts. And I was working in uh, Hollywood public schools and uh, yeah, that's my trip as an educator until now. I, this summer I'm coming back to Spain and I will be in high school again.
0: Oh, that sounds like a great journey. I mean, you talk about worldwide. I love that. And you've had experience at the university level and the middle school level, it sounds like. That's awesome. And you started off as an engineer?
1: Yes, yes. I'm an engineer and I was working in Daimler Chrysler in Germany and also in some textile companies in my area, in Spain, in Valencia. And yeah, after some years
0: of that work, I changed to for being a teacher. Oh, I love it. I love it. So let's talk about some differences you've seen in different places. So this is exciting. So can you just start our journey by telling us a little bit about the differences you've seen in the school systems in the U.S. opposed to Germany, opposed to Spain? Yeah, I I think the, the main difference start
1: in the high school level because until during elementary and during middle school, there are more similarities because students more or less have the same subjects. And uh, yeah, more or less, the subjects are the same. But in the high school, I like in the United States more because they have more choices and they have the same hours, for example, as math, as they have, for example, as theater. If they choose theater or music or cooking or whatever they decided to do. And so these subjects are uh, the same importance as math or as English. So that doesn't happen in Spain. In Spain, we always give more time to math, English, Spanish. Then there are more important subjects than than others. And the high school here, it doesn't happen. So I like because uh, students can be uh, successful in different disciplines, not only in math or only in English or in languages. They can be successful in uh, uh, physical education, in basketball or in art or in, uh, yeah, because uh, when I was young, I studied um, that there are multiple disciplines. So there are people who are more uh, kinesthetic or more musician or more artistic. So I, I could Experience that in United States in high school, so I like it a lot. That, on the other hand, what is the about the level or about the discipline? I think in the European system, people are more committed to study. Students have more interest to study because there are less uh, jobs and less money than here in the United States. So if you don't study in Spain, you don't find a work, a job. So people are interested and are competitive to study, to get good grades and to be good at something. They need it to to live. Oh, And here, yeah, I have found that middle school, they are quite relaxed uh, <laughs> it's difficult to engage them it's difficult to show them that studies are important so yeah I, I found that that
0: difference so between... that is a huge difference so engagement is not a problem in Spain because they're hungry more for the uh, outcome which is the job yeah. is that correct yeah
1: yeah okay. you, you of course you find teenagers that are not engaged and don't want to study. Of course, you find in, in every place. Right. But uh, yeah, in, in Spain you need it. So they 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 try if they don't go to college, they go to to a vocational training school to make a profession, but they need something because
0: there are no jobs for everybody. Okay, so it sounds like. There's more job opportunity here uh, in the United States, of course. Yes. So you see a difference in the students and their, their engagement levels because it's pretty much, it's a lot more opportunity out there. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes.
1: Yes, totally right. Yeah, because sometimes uh, they know that uh, one person without uh, a career can earn more money than a teacher, for example. Oh, wow. Or, so... It's difficult to show them that uh, to have a career or to study is not only for the job or for the money, but for for opening their minds, opening the world, preparing to life.
0: I love it. I love it. This is uh, this is eye opening. This is some eye opening information, because to hear the difference in how students perceive that educational experience is that's an eye opening. Uh, piece of information so thank you for sharing that Sylvia wow so I know that it's not in every district because I know that the
1: district where I work it's a difficult district and for example the district where my kids are attending my older kid is in high school and I can see also competitivity between the students already in high school and they want to also to have good grades. So it depends on the district and on the area. I don't want also to make general my experience, but yeah, there are of course much more money and much more job opportunities here than in Spain,
0: of course. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's it. That's some good information to know. So when you think about the teachers, let's think about the teachers and their experiences. When you have your colleagues in Spain opposed to when you're you have your colleagues here in the United States, what are some major differences do you feel like the you know in Spain your colleagues are a little more relaxed? Is it a more relaxed culture for the educators there or is it more relaxed in the United States? culture for the teachers
1: i think it's um, more or less the same there are not many differences i think uh, in both countries teachers work quite quite a lot and quite quite good i think it's different in the hours because we have some time in the school in spain and some time at home and here you do all your time in the school this is the big difference but the way of working, I think both places, you have to prepare classes, you have to review the work of your students, you have to attend meetings, you have to uh, meet with families. Yeah, more or less the same. The, the structure of the of the lessons are different because in Spain, we don't follow the, the do now, the exit ticket, all these kind of things. We don't do it like that in Spain. But uh, I think the work of the teachers is more or less the same. The difference is some hours at home in Spain and here all the hours are in the school.
0: So I when think- you say some of the work is at home in Spain, so do you get to teach from home? Is that what that means? Sometimes you teach from home if the study
1: is semi-virtual. and But the main is that you can decide if you want to prepare classes in the school or at home, or you can decide if you want to review the the work of the students at home or in in the school. So you you have a bit more
0: freedom in Spain than here in that sense. So here we have the traditional sense of United States teachers. You have your breaks in order to plan and prepare, right? And so in Spain, what I'm hearing is if you want to leave early, can you leave early? Yeah. Oh, wow. I like that. Yeah. So you could That's totally nice. just leave and you can go home and prepare. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Good. Yeah. I like that. I actually like it's that. Nice. Which do you like better?
1: Sometimes half and half, because there are things, for example, I don't like to bring home the work of the students. So I prefer to do all the revisions and work of the students in the school, but I, I like prepare classes in my, in my home. Because I have my own environment. I'm my right. I Yeah. So.
0: That's yeah. what I was thinking. I like my own environment at home. So yeah. that that would be more my jam. But I can I can dig doing it at work too. Because as you said, you kind of get to leave things at home. And that's what we know about educators. We are constantly taking some bag in and out of the classroom. We don't yeah. get to leave our profession at work. So that's. Wow, this is good. Okay, so Sylvia, now we have to talk about those two dreaded words, teacher burnout. So teacher burnout is way real, like all over the world now. And these two words, we're hearing more and more and more. The heavier the workloads are becoming for educators, it seems like teachers are ready to exit the field of teaching in lots of places. Students are being, it's more of the students' curriculum. It seems like it doesn't match the curriculum age and stage with where the, t- where the students are since the pandemic. So students are behind about two years due to the pandemic here. We see more sub substitute shortages in the schools. It's hard to get a sub we see heavier workloads coming down from administrators, you know, teachers need to do a b c d e f g instead of just doing a b and c now. And these are some pretty alarming things because there are alarming rates of burnout statistics that are out there. So the burnout rates are as much as 4 in 10 in all American K through 12 institutions. And the teachers are saying they're either always or very often burnout when they're given surveys lately. So what we want to know is what can teachers really do to keep it together? So how do you see teachers keeping it together in spite of all of the things that are being put on their plates?
1: I think teacher burnout, you can find every everywhere in Spain also, but... Um, I find here more more difficult the profession than in Spain. In Spain, uh, many people want to be a teacher Mm. because it's uh, well considered by the society and uh, you have more recognition and more support from administration and from politicians. But here I find teachers quite alone. I think here they need more support from administration. I find here that uh, the only important are the kids, but kids are also important for teachers. So I think uh, we have to build a triangle. The triangle is teachers, students, and family all together. And sometimes uh, we don't feel that support from administration and from politicians. So they are giving us more pressure, pressure work. So yeah, that, that, so sometimes uh, it's better to go and be another profession that you can earn more money and not so much responsibilities. So mm, Absolutely.
0: It's uh, I definitely agree. I mean, you're right. I mean, getting that support makes a world of difference. And I love hearing the difference where in Spain, it is a noble, it's still a noble profession to be an educator. Like people, it sounds like students and people in society there look up to people who are the teachers there, right? Yes. Where here, it's kind of looked shunned upon. Sometimes, yeah. um, by some, not all, but it is shunned upon by some because it isn't as quite as a noble profession, and I think it's due to money. You know, mm-hmm. if it's not a real big money maker in the United States, then sometimes people don't look at it and value it as much. So I don't know. That's that's interesting to hear the comparison. What do you think are the things that are in the schools that burn teachers out the most? Do you think it's like the grading of the papers? Do you think it's the faculty meetings? What do you think it is in your environment, Sylvia?
1: In my environment, it's the the behavior of the students, the class management that uh, sometimes it's hard. And uh, sometimes you don't feel uh, the support of the administrators because they are uh, allowing the students to do whatever they want, and sometimes you are alone in the class, but administrator is not in the class. <laughs> so are you the one that has to say no cell phones or pay attention? Or so I think it's it's that the most. And there are also details. For example, we have we should finish our job today. The initial calendar was today, our last day, but there were snow days three snow days so we we have to finish our school job this friday okay but the grades were given today to the students so what's happening these three days it's difficult to manage because they know that the grades are already already done yeah so in that sense the district told that okay half day these three days is half day but now my administrator said no no it's half day only for students you have to be here until three or 3 so these kind of things would would are small details that right um, it doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense no so I think they they should care because I think we had all of us work a lot during all the year and yeah this kind of details yeah they are paying a pizza for Friday but I prefer not to have pizza and go <laughs> 12 30, not three thirty. Oh my god! So, if I have my my job done, if you if you're done, what are you doing in the school? So right. there are things like that that start people. Uh, for example, last Friday there was the 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 party of my school, and we are maybe one hundred people, and there were only twenty people in the party because people are tired in Christmas time. Where nearly 90 but at the uh, along of the year there are details that make that people start um, being yeah burnt out or tired of certain certain things right and i think schools don't care ab- about these kind of things
0: so lack of respect for personal time yeah here lack of respect for personal time And just being honest and being you're, you're finished with your task. So why are we dragging it out? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you do? I know we had some coursework throughout the year and we talked about self-care a lot. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to work with Sylvia throughout the year and we talked about self-care for educators. So what is something that you found helpful as a self-care for yourself as an educator, because lots of times we don't care for ourselves, but we're busy caring for everyone else. So Mm -hmm. what do you think worked for you? Are there any specifics that you can share with our audience that worked for you as an educator?
1: So there are a lot of resources that that we as an educators can use the ones that I like the most are these that you have a small object with you and when something bad happens or along to your day, you can touch this object and be connected to a reminding that brings you peace, a place, a person, for example, a ring or something small that you can bring with you. That helps me a lot. Another thing that makes me feel better during my teaching practice is to wrap hands or to touch a surface like the table or the wall. It brings warmth and peace and avoid to make you angry for something that has happened and makes you feel much better. That works for me. Another thing that I recommend is to practice yoga or another discipline, take breaks, breathe. All these kind of practices help a lot. And also, for me, it's important to build a tribute with other teachers, similar to the one that we have weaved in this PLC, and share bad moments and listen to other teachers. Another recommendation is to to cut with toxic relations, to say no, or to avoid that people. (laughs) Work. And for me, the the important thing is that you have to work to live, not live to work. I love it. So you have to change priorities. Job is important, but not the most important thing. So check every day in which zone are we, our colleagues, our students, strategies that you can use in class, use a good posture, create an ergonomic workspace, care for your eyes, care for your voice, use relaxation strategies, mindfulness, meditation, eat healthy, practice sport, Create resiliency. I love it. That in- includes cultivating our well being, embracing our individual and collective assets and strengths, being solution focused about life's challenges, being compassionate, optimistic, and acknowledging individual and collective suffering with kindness. I like also the three important points that we have uh, worked in our course like tracking. Noticing or paying attention to sensations. Mm. The second point is the resourcing. Identify our personal resourcing, like the ring or whatever reminds us peace. And the grounding, contact to something, wall, table. And another practice that I used to make at night with my family is that we ask each other three questions. You have to tell one Good thing, one bad thing, and one new thing, something that you learn during the day. And this is like, uh, yeah, a time of sharing that helps us a lot as a family and uh, me as an educator.
0: I love it. So give me that one more time. One new thing, one bad thing. And one new thing that you have learned.
1: At the beginning, they said, mom, it's impossible that we learn every day one new thing. But you can if you review your day, you always learn something to from somebody, from a student, from a colleague, from the TV, from you always learn something new every day.
0: We are always learning. Absolutely, Sylvia. And I heard a lot of our practices being spoken there. Our community resilience model, the CREM practicing. I love it. Yeah. And CREM yeah. teaches us skills to help children and ourselves. And it helps us to experience de-stressing where there's stress and it gives us a great positive response to any of our stress reactions that we're having. So I love, love, love that you're using all of these things. This is great. This is great. Now, do you think there are any warning signs for our educators to know? Because sometimes we are oblivious as educators that we are really being stressed and we're almost at burnout. Do you think there are any warning signs that we can make the audience aware of? So when when you are sad or angry quite a
1: lot, you, you should check every day where how are you feeling? Or when you are not happy to 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 your to your school, Absolutely. then you, yeah You can start checking what's happening. Yeah.
0: Right. Do a check-in. Sounds like a mood meter would be great. A mood tracker would be great for that. Well, Sylvia, we really enjoyed all of this new knowledge and we're getting international knowledge here today. So we are most grateful for you. You have added to our list of our resources and I mean, you really came with it. So we are most grateful to have Sylvia today. And as we wrap up this episode, I want to leave you with final thoughts. Resilience looks different for everyone, each and every one of us. And it's not about facing challenges as much as it is about how we respond to our challenges. Remember, we are capable, we are strong, and we have the power to overcome any obstacle in our way. We need to embrace that resilience, tap into our superhero powers, and keep making a difference in the world of children, but mostly in our own lives and creating our best selves. And this wraps up today's episode of Teacher Talk. Thank you for joining Sylvia and myself on this resilience journey. I hope that you found inspiration. I hope that you found laughter. And I hope that you found some practical tips to continue to carry with you on your educational journey. Until next time, keep shining and be resilient.
1: Thank you, Cheryl, for inviting me. Thank you for this time of sharing things. Thank
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you.